is um, delirium. So it's uh, seniality or the state of mental and physical deterioration associated with aging. Mm-hmm. That's a fear and a myth associated with aging. Delirium is a reversible condition of rapid onset, has a fluctuating and traditionally brief course. Um, symptoms include behavioral changes, including restlessness, agitation, appearing withdrawal. Um, emotional changes can be strong, such as personality changes or mood shifts or subtler changes, including apathy or depression. It's not a disease of the nervous system. It is actually a syndrome, and it results from one or more of the causes, such as infection or fever, um, electrolyte imbalances like hyponatremia or hypocalcemia, dehydration or malnutrition, fever or infection, sleep deprivation, alcohol or drug use, abuse or withdrawal, pain, medications such as analgesics, hypnotics, and psychotropics. Physiological conditions um, can also cause inadequate oxygenation to the brain, which lead to delirium. Um, When an older adult has said mental changes, you want to look for the cause. Once the cause of delirium is identified, treatment is possible. Um, And then prevention of delirium would include mobilization, orientation, and communication, education of nursing staff about the signs and symptoms of delirium, environmental modifications, education of caregivers, pain control, medication management, and discharge planning. These are um, ways to uh, intervene with reality reality orientation um, for delirium. Um, they include the following. You want to call the patient by their correct name or by the name they wish to be called. Make eye contact. Converse about familial objects. Provide familiar familiar objects in the older adult's environment. Explain events and procedures in concise, simple language. Be honest. Set a routine and be consistent. And, of course, engage the older adult in familiar and simple activities that have a purpose, like washing their face or brushing the teeth. Um Once again, delirium has a sudden onset. It lasts from hours to days. It increases and decreases during the day. And um, the cognitive impairment includes memory, attentiveness, consciousness, numerous errors and assessment tasks, Um, the activity levels. It may increase or decrease. It constantly is fluctuating. Speech and language would include like rambling or irrelevant conversation, illogical flow of ideas, or being incoherent. Um, There's going to be rapid mood swings, fearful and suspicious. Um, The delusions or hallucinations include misperceptions, illusions, hallucinations, and delusions. And the reversibility, it has the potential to be reversed. Dementia is actually a reduction in mental performance. It affects interpersonal relationships and other activities. includes loss of memory and at least one other disturbance of intellectual function, which include um, attention, calculation, language, motor skills, orientation. It affects short-term, intermediate, and long-term memory. Um, it includes a d- difficulty with abstract thinking. It is not uncommon for those experiencing dementia or Alzheimer's disease to have difficulty with identifying an object or choosing words to use in conversation. It also includes aphasia or inability to understand words, agnosia, or inability to recognize um, familiar objects, apraxia, problems manipulating things, agraphia, difficulty writing and drawing, and noticeable changes in personality. Um, Let's see. Alzheimer's disease is the most common cause of dementia. It's a progressive disorder in which the brain atrophies. Individuals older than 60 years old typically get it, but they found that some people can get it in their 40s or 50s. And um, it's a progressive disorder in which the brain atrophies. It's focused on genetic viral 
environmental immunologic causes in research. It is includes a loss of cortical neurons and large ventricle senile, senile plaques and neurofibrillary tangles that appear in the cortex of the brain. The progression of Alzheimer's is actually divided into three stages. Actually, part of my book says four, but I'm sure, I'm sure our professor doesn't really care. Between three and four stages. Either way, they all lead to just a really bad prognosis, which is um, the individual is eventually going to become uh, mute and bedridden. Um, it's the terminal stage. It's characterized by some urinary and fecal incontinence, inability to ambulate or provide self-care, inability to communicate, little or no response to surroundings or recognition of family members. The average duration of the illness is eight years, but it can last as long as 20 years or more. Um, the um, early stage also is a gradual onset of memory loss and difficulty focusing attention. The middle stage is difficulty with language, object recognition, and judgment, and the terminal stage. Once again, I said urinary and fecal incontinence, inability to ambulate or provide self-care, inability to communicate, little or no response to surroundings, and no recognition of family members. Um, I think that's pretty much all. Then, of course, we have our multi-infarct multi-infarct dementia, also known as MID, um, also known as vascular dementia. It's the second most common cause of dementia in older adults. It results from interruption of blood flow to the brain. As a result, multiple strokes occur. It is related to vascular disorders within the brain that could possibly result from stroke and severe hypertension. Periods of remission um, can also occur. Um, preservation of personality and mood swings. Risk factors for development of MID include um, arterial arteriosclerosis, blood dysgracias, cardiac decompensation, hypertension, atrial fibrillation, and cardiac valve replacement, systemic emboli arising from other causes, DM, peripheral vascular disease, obesity, smoking, and vasospasms in the brain called transient ischemic attacks. Um, signs and symptoms include the progression of um, it's basically more of a stair-step decline rather than the slow, steady decline of Alzheimer's. The symptoms depend on the location of the infarct, um, confusion and problems with recent memory, wandering, getting lost in familiar places, moving with rapid shuffling steps, loss of bladder about control, inappropriate displays of emotions, difficulty following instructions, and some intellectual impairment is also common. Um, so other dementia-related diseases um, would be patients who have Huntington's, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, and uh, human immunodeficiency virus, uh, also known as HIV. In the management of uh, these diseases, the goal is to maintain maximum self-care abilities and prevent injury. Activities of daily living, such as dressing, often must be broken down into very small steps. And for... Okay, this is the patient care of a dementia patient. Activities of daily living, such as dressing, often must be broken down into small steps. Each step should be explained to the patient in specific and simple terms. They may need coaching about what to do when eating. It is often better to give finger foods or only one food at a time one item at a time. You want to keep the environment calm and eliminate distracting stimuli. The care requires patience. Routine is um, very important and changes should be introduced very slowly. Remember the individual no longer thinks logically or understands the surroundings. Okay, this is the patient care of a dementia patient. Activities of daily living, such as dressing, often must be broken down into small steps. Each step should be explained to the patient in specific and simple terms. They may need coaching about what to do when eating. It is often better to give finger foods or only one food at a time. 
one item at a time. You want to keep the environment calm and eliminate distracting stimuli. The care requires patience. Routine is um, very important and changes should be introduced very slowly. Remember the individual no longer thinks logically or understands the surroundings. Additional patient care for dementia. Alterations in cognition make the assessment of pain challenging. Unrelieved or chronic pain can lead to depression, social isolation, feelings of worthlessness, and a sense of loss of personal power. Uh, wandering is, social, is associated frequently with dementia, and in some situations, is an attempt to find the bathroom or familiar surroundings. For some individuals, it is their way of coping with anxiety. For individuals unable to co-locate the bathroom or on their own rooms, easily read signs with universally accepted symbols and familiar objects are a means to help them find the way. And it is essential to pro provide safety measures to prevent falls. Um, communication um, is really important um, when understanding it is impaired. So um, nonverbal communication becomes very important. Use a calm, pleasant tone of voice and gestures that correspond to the verbal message. Maintain eye contact through touch and use listening skills. Um, music has a positive influence, including improved capacity to communicate, reminisce, and recall memories. Reminiscence therapy uses the exchange of information between the affected individual, their caregivers, family, and friends. It employs the use of photographs, familiar smells, and tastes, and objects that carry some autobiographical meaning, meaning for the individual. The processes mean provide a link to things past, assist with conflict resolution, and provide closure in dealing with unresolved issues. Okay, the next one would be transient ischemic attacks, also known as TIAs. Um, so these would be um, arterial, arterial conditions common in older adult who, um, sorry, I'm just totally blanking out. So these are small spasms or occlusions in the cere cerebral vessels of the brain. The most common signs and symptoms include changes in vision, headache, disorientation, ataxia, or inability to coordinate movement, drop attacks, um, such as falling without losing consciousness, and the symptoms can last as little as 20 minutes. One in three individuals who experience a TIA has a stroke within five years. Um... This is due to changes in the vascular system in older adults, which include thickening of the vessel walls and presence to some degree of arterial, atherosclerosis and arteriosclerosis. Um, the patient um, with the TIA must have a neurologic exam and screening to determine whether there are arterial sclerotic plaque-like formations in the car car carotid arteries or other pathological changes in the cerebral vasculature. The occurrence of strokes can be reduced greatly by identifying high-risk or stroke-prone older adults and providing the appropriate prophylactic interventions. Um, the third leading cause of death in the United States is a stroke and increases in likelihood after age 55, risk factors, age, heart disease, diabetes, mellitus, physical inactivity. Possible symptoms of a stroke include hemiplegia or par paralysis of one side of the body and dysarthria, um, which is difficult, poorly articulated speech resulting from interference in the control over the muscles of speech. Um, and then there's also dysphagia, difficulty in swallowing, swallowing, sensory changes such as 
hemianopia or defective vision or blindness in half of the visual field, aphasia, an abnormal neurologic condition in which language function is defective or absent because of an injury to certain areas of the cerebral cortex and intellectual and emotional um, changes. Um, so once again, risk factors for a stroke include heart disease, diabetes mellitus, and physical inactivity. Um, nursing interventions immediately um, after a stroke involve supportive life functions. And although some initial neurologic involvement is likely to disappear in three to six months, most individuals have some residual dysfunction. Um, interventions focus on rehabilitation to accomplish um, activities of daily living and to be as independent as possible. Sometimes older adults must learn how to use their non-dominant hand because of hemiplegia and often require adaptive and assistive devices for ideals such as special utensils, reaching devices, and pull-on or easily secure clothing. Wheelchairs and canes are sometimes necessary for weakness, loss of balance, and loss of leg control. You want to make sure you encourage or assist the patient to do exercise and activities the therapist prescribes. Um, communication techniques for older adults with aphasia include listening carefully, turning down or decreasing competing stimuli such as radio or television, using pictures and appropriate gestures, speaking slowly, using direct statements and not interrupting. Um, be sure not to rush the older adult and give encouragement and praise for effort and success in performing tasks. In many settings, physical therapy and occupational therapy provide a valuable role in assessment and treatment of changes related to neurologic Problems, um, patient problems and interventions for the older adult with neurologic problems include but are not limited to the following, compromised verbal communication related to memory loss and difficulty focusing attention. And the nursing interventions would be to assess communication patterns, provide calm environment with minimal distraction, use gestures to match simple verbal messages. These are some mental illness characteristics. Um, they include poor self-concept, feelings of inadequacy, dependent behavior resulting from feelings, feelings of inadequacy, pessimism that is constant, poor judgment, inability to cope with daily events, irresponsibility, inability to accept responsibility for actions, avoidance of problems like no attempt is made to handle them, inability to recognize own talents, and inability to recognize limitations, inability to perceive reality, maladaptive behavior, demanding or seeking immediate gratification, and inability to establish meaningful relationships. Neurosis is ineffective coping with stress that causes mild interpersonal disorganization. People with neurosis have the insight that they have a psychiatric problem. They remain oriented to reality but have some degree of distortion of reality manifested by a strong emotional response to the trigger event. The trigger event may be an everyday stressor such as environmental stressors or family relationships. Um, nervousness or emotional upset, compulsions, obsessiveness, and phobias are common with neurosis. Many neurotic people exhibit poor self-esteem and have social relationships that are impaired by the various complaints noted. Treatment or patients with a neurosis usually is completed in an outpatient setting if they seek treatment at all. Psychosis. A person with psychosis is out of touch with reality and has severe personality deterioration, impaired perception, judgment, hallucinations, and delusions. A psychotic person does not recognize the fact that he or she has a psychiatric illness. Treatment for psychosis often necessitates necessitates hospitalization with follow-up regularly through an outpatient setting. Some psychotic patients seek voluntary admission or treatment. For treatment, involuntary admission, commonly called probating, is also possible when a person is thought to be a danger to self or others. Although the laws vary from state to state, a judge and either a clinical psychologist or a physician or both must be involved to complete an involuntary admission. 
So, uh, we're going to talk about anti-diabetic drugs, um, known as incretins. These are anti-diabetic drugs that act by mimicking or enhancing the effect of incretins within the GI tract. They are hormones secreted by the mucosa of the small intestine following a meal when blood glucose is elevated. Incretins signal the pancreas to increase insulin secretion and the liver to stop producing glucagon. Both of these actions lower blood glucose levels. In addition, these drugs decrease food intake by increasing the feeling of satiety, you know, fullness. They also delay gastric emptying, which slows glucose absorption. They include um, uh, albiglutide or tanzium, exnetide or bieta bidurian, and luraglutide or victoza. These are injectable drugs that mimic the effects of incretins. Um, they are actually called incretin mimetics. Incretin mimetics. They accomplish their actions by activating a receptor called GLP1. Activation of the GLP1 receptor causes the same types of effects as the natural incretin hormone. Uh, the second type of drugs are called incretin enhancers, and these are the dipeptidal pep peptidase 4 or DP4 inhibitors. They include alogliptin or nacina, linagliptin or traginta, sexagliptin or ongliza, and cetagliptin or genuvia. And they prevent the breakdown of natural incretins, allowing the hormone levels to rise and produce a greater response. These drugs are given orally and are effective at lowering blood glucose with fewer adverse effects. They work well with other anti-diabetic drugs and don't cause hypoglycemia. Um, so that is another type of anti-diabetic drug, also known as oral hypoglycemic drugs, but that is not always an accurate name for these drugs because some are given by the subcutaneous route and some don't cause hypoglycemia. Um, type 2 diabetics are usually controlled with non-insulin, non-diabetic drugs. It's only if the disease progresses that they would also be reliant on insulin injection. This is the drug metformin, also known as Fortimet, Glucophage, Glumetza, and others. And the therapeutic class is an anti-diabetic drug. The pharmacologic class is hypoglycemic drug, biguanide. Biguanide. Let me say that again. Biguanide. So metform metformin is the only biguanide, but it's also called Fortimet, Glucophage, Glumetza. There's other names for it. It's a, the preferred anti-diabetic drug for managing type 2 diabetes um, because of its effectiveness and safety. It's used alone or in combination with other oral hypoglycemics or insulin. It is approved for use in children age 10 or above in immediate release and extended release forms. This is really sad because type 2 diabetes should really be for adults, but more and more children are getting diagnosed with it. Metformin reduces glucose levels by decreasing the hepatic production of glucose and reducing insulin resistance. It doesn't promote insulin release from the pancreas. Major advantage is that it doesn't cause hypoglycemia. The drug's actions do not depend on stimulating insulin release, so it's able to lower glucose levels in patients who no longer secrete insulin. That's interesting. Um, in addition to lowering blood glucose levels, it lowers triglyceride and total low 
density lipoprotein or LDL cholesterol uh, levels, and it promotes weight loss. Metformin is used off-label to treat women with polycystic ovary syndrome. Women with this syndrome have insulin resistance and high serum insulin levels. The adverse uh, effects and interactions would be GI-related. They include nausea, vomiting, abdominal discomfort, metallic taste, diarrhea, and anorexia. It may also cause headache, dizziness, agitation, and fatigue. Unlike the sulfonyl ureas, metformin rarely causes hypoglycemia or weight gain. Metformin is contraindicated in patients with impaired renal function. It's also contraindicated in patients with heart failure, liver failure, history of lactic acidosis, or concurrent serious serious infection. It is contraindicated for two days prior to and two days after receiving IV radiographic contrast. Alcohol also can increase the risk for lactic acidosis. Cap Topril, furosemide, and nifedipine may increase the risk of hypoglycemia. The following drugs may decrease renal excretion of metformin. Amyloride, cimetidine, digoxin, dofiltold, mitodrine, morphine, procainamide, quinidine, renitidine, triametarine, trimetoprime and vancomycin. Acarbose may decrease blood levels of metformin. Use with other anti-diabetic drugs um, potentially creates hypoglycemic effects. Metformin decreases the absorption of vitamin B12 and folic acid. Garlic and ginseng may increase hypoglycemic effects. Um, there's also a black box warning on this drug. Um, so lactic acidosis is a rare, though potentially fatal, adverse effect of metformin therapy. The risk of lactic acidosis is increased with patients with renal insufficiency or any condition that puts them at risk for increased lactic acid production, such as liver disease, severe infection, excessive alcohol intake, shock, or hypoxemia. Oh, God, so many damn anti-diabetic drugs. Okay, so these are the megalodon. Tenides, repeglinide or prandin, and nataglinide or starlix act by stimulating the release of insulin from the pancreas in a manner similar to that of the sulfonylureas. Both drugs in this class have short durations of action of two to four hours if they and they're well tolerated. In 2013, the FDA approved canagliflocsin, also known as No whoops. Sounds like a Russian girl. It's Invokana. The first in a new class of drugs called the sodium glucose co-transporter or SGLT inhibitors. They inhibit the SGLT2 receptor in the kidney and allow more glucose to leave the blood and be excreted via the urine. It has an advantage of promoting weight loss. So once again, the... The sodium glucose co-transporter inhibitors inhibit the SGLT2 receptor in the kidney, and they allow more glucose to leave the blood and be excreted in the urine, um, also known to promote weight loss. Um, two additional drugs in this class are dopaglyphlozine, or farxiga, and impagliflozin. And they were approved in 2014 and have very similar actions and adverse effects. Recently approved fixed-dose combinations include Invocamet or metformin with canagliflozin and 
Zigduo XR, Metaformin with and Dapagliflozin. Okay. Okay, so the first oral hypoglycemics available, sulfon sulfon elorias, are divided into first and second generation categories. Although drugs from both generations are equally effective at lowering blood glucose, the second generation drugs exhibit fewer drug-to-drug interactions. The sulfon sulfon elorias act by stimulating the release of insulin from pancreatic islet cells and by increasing the sensitivity of insulin receptors or target cells. The thiazolidin... Oh my god, I can't even fucking say this. The thiazolidinidiones... <laughs> like, hurts to say it. Or glitazones reduce blood glucose by decreasing insulin resistance and by inhibiting hepatic production of glucose. Optimal lowering of blood glucose may take three to four months of therapy. Liver function should be monitored because it's going to make me say it again. Thiazolidinediones. Thiazolidinediones. Can't they just have like a drug called like Steve? I mean, is it really necessary to say it like this? But whatever. Thiazolidinediones. Um, maybe hepatotoxic. So you want to carefully function, check the liver function. They also contain the black box warnings. In 2013, an FDA panel of experts voted to modify or remove measures that limited patient access to raziglet, raziglitazone. If we ever have another kid, we're going to name it after, like, our kid's not going to be named, like, Sarah or Joni. It's going to be, like, Mary Exadadina Loxone, because I'm so, like, reading all these huge names all the time. Under the FDA's Risk Evaluation Management Strategy, RIMS, this drug remains under close scrutiny due to the risk of fluid retention and heart problems observed in some patients. Okay, these are like the last two of the non-diabetic, sorry, the anti-diabetic drugs. Um, They're two miscellaneous drugs. They include bromocryptine and colesevalame. Bromocryptine was originally approved to treat Parkinson's disease, pituitary adenoma, acromegaly and amenorrhea and infertility in women caused by excessive prolactin secretion. The drug acts on the central nervous system to increase levels of the neurotransmitter dopamine. Approved for type 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 Approved for type 2 diabetes is as cycloset, the exact mechanism by which it improves glycemic control remains unclear. More often used to treat hyperlipidemia Colvalicillam, or Welchol, is also indicated for type 2 diabetes, being a non-absorbed bile acid subquestrant. I don't know what that means. Colicevalam can inhibit the absorption of other drugs, including fat-soluble vitamins. So we don't have pharmacology in this program, and I thought I was going to kind of breeze past that, but it looks like they threw it into this term. 
And so we need to know what all these drugs do. And one of those drugs would be colus salivam. But I think it's pretty interesting that it was originally used to treat hyperlipidemia. And um, it, they don't even know why it helps uh, glycemic control. Um, and that it's actually a non-absorbed bile acid sub, sub, sorry, it's actually a non-absorbed bile acid sequestrant, um, but it can inhibit the absorption of other drugs, including fat-soluble vitamins, so that's something to be concerned for.